Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Hello, friends and listeners. It's Mark Bird. Once again, I'm back in the studio with Shannon Meyer. We are ready to take on another new fun episode of Journey Living. And uh, Shannon, welcome to the studio with me today. And I tell you, what's amazing about this episode is a celebration is going on. It's going on all around us. And, you know, we should live to celebrate, Shannon, because of what Jesus did for us. Amen, amen, Mark. It is so good to be in the studios with you in our hot summery days, but it is here in mid-July, in the middle, middle of summer, July 4th weekend, that we can celebrate our freedom here in the United States. Still, even I believe with all that's going on, is this still a great country and that our forefathers went before us long, long ago. And I think it's something very important we should never forget, nor should we compromise um, for all those who have fought and bled and died for this country, for the freedom that we walk in today, that we get to go still in our churches without an army coming in and taking our Bibles or being persecuted for that. We live still today in the, in the times that we're living in the land of the free. So today we want to talk about not just our freedom here in America and how important that is and how we dare not take that for granted, but we also want to talk about freedom in Christ because, Mark, as you and I both know, that is where the ultimate freedom is. And in a world and day and age where we are chasing after everything, um, and have so many resources at our fingertips, I believe we look like one of the worst generations of bondage. Would you agree, Mark? I so would. And you know, it's interesting because our forefathers that created everything for us, for this country, and the foundation that they built this upon was the freedom that they themselves found in Christ. So the freedom in Christ, Shannon, is the very foundation of the freedom of this country that it was built upon. And so that's why it has stood the test of time, if you will. And that is exactly why we have the freedom that we have today, because it is founded on the rock, if you will, Shannon, the rock of Jesus Christ and his word. Uh, he is the word. And that is why the principles and the foundations, the building blocks, if you will, Shannon, uh, that this country was built upon were the very foundations of Christ. And uh, I'm taken to Galatians chapter five right away because Paul begins to write about the position of liberty and he's encouraging the church to stand fast in that liberty. And he starts in verse one, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So just like what Paul's encouraging the church to do is like stand fast and be free. I think we have to say that to America as well, Shannon. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think about the verse in John eight thirty six where it says, um, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I think so many times we imprison ourselves 
by ourselves. Um, I know a teaching that you and I were a part of or training where we talked about just holding the keys to our own prison door, yeah. our own cell, which really isn't even locked if you really look at it in all truth. But we imprison ourselves with the lies of the enemy, with what culture is saying, and we listen to all the voices around us. But when Jesus speaks and says, if you're free in me, you are free indeed. And yet somehow we compromise that. We question that. We don't even walk in our freedom that Christ gave us on the cross. He, you know, he doesn't want us to be bound up in any circumstance. And he says, you can be free. Why do you think it's hard for us to walk out that freedom, Mark, when that was paid at the ultimate price on the cross? Well, because again, and I've said this on a lot of episodes, Shannon, and unfortunately, it just is such a reality that I have to say it again, like even today, but we have an enemy and the enemy attacks us. He comes at us, Shannon, in our minds. And so what happens is he attacks our, literally our identity in Christ. That's what the foundation is that he attacks. So if he can get us to think that we're not free even though we are, mm-hmm. and Shannon, I've said this before, I'm not sure if I've said it on this program, but it's like having a bird caged up for years and years and years, and you open the door to the bird cage, and the bird just sits there. Right. Because it's so used to being bound up, mm-hmm. it doesn't realize that it's actually free. And I think it's so fitting in that for Christians today, Shannon, why aren't we walking in the liberty that Jesus purchased? And I think it's because we don't realize the cage door is open because our enemy is continually saying, oh, no. Well, you may say that you're free, but listen, and here comes the guilt. Here comes the accusations. And with that, Shannon, comes the shame. And what happens to us humans? What happens to us Christians? When shame begins to hit us, Shannon, we lower our heads. We look Mm -hmm. down. We aren't looking up anymore. We aren't looking at the path ahead or the open cage door. We're looking down and literally we're wallowing in self-pity sometimes, Shannon. Yeah. It makes me think about how um, we, we stay in prison like we had talked about, but also think of it this way is the collar on a dog. When a dog is wounded in a veterinarian, will put the collar around its neck mm, yeah. and we talk about, you can lick your wounds to death almost. And what you're talking about there is saying the shame that the enemy puts upon us. And then you agree with him. It's the same with a dog or with us, with a scab that we continue to pick. Jesus says, I have set you free, so be free indeed. And whatever the enemy offers up on his silver platter, and this is becoming so much to the forefront of my mind that I just I can't wait to do a teaching on this, um, that we've got to stop eating off of what he gives us. Mm, and, and when we have done wrong, whether that's wrong that's been done to us, or if you are the one who's done the wrong and the guilt and shame comes, Don't continually focus on that because Jesus says, listen, your sins are forgiven as far as the East is to the West. And I know that's so hard for people to grasp. They say, yes, I believe that, but for them to truly, truly believe it. And instead we keep picking the scab. We keep licking the wound and we're like, yeah, but maybe God means this. No, no. God says when Jesus says you're free, that's right. You're free indeed. And it's really honestly, not even up for discussion. And I think so many times we talk and think, well, 
that can't be enough. That, that just can't be enough. It reminds me of um, one of my Battle Ready weekends. It was a profound moment in my ministry, but also for the women there that weekend. Um, it's a 24-hour intensive weekend with me in the Lord, um, a self-guided journal. But the gal talked about um, what she had done, and she said that God could not forgive her. The question I think we posed that weekend was, God, could God forgive you for what you've done? And she's like, oh, oh no. She said, uh, he cannot forgive me for what I've done. Like her sin was greater. And, and the linchpin to the question and the weekend was this, and I, I just looked at her, and the air sucked out of the room waiting for her responses. 25 other women with us. I said, so you're telling me that your sin is greater than what Jesus did on the cross. Wow. And she looked at me in hesitation, like, I know what the right answer is, but I still feel like, yeah, my sin is greater. And that's what I think so many times when we are in agreement with the enemy, like you're talking about, Mark, we're agreeing with him that I need to be in prison. I need to continue to pay the punishment. Jesus paid it all. You know that beautiful hymn? Yeah, same <laughs> Jesus paid it all. And somehow we don't think that's enough. And we will sing about it in church. We'll profess it. We will say, oh, yeah, that is enough. But then we don't live like it. And so it would be like if you or I were incarcerated. Let's say you got a 30-day jail sentence. Day 30 comes. The warden comes and says, Mark, Shannon, you're done. Go home. And I choose to go home. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, we're out of here. Yeah. And Mark, you say, you know what? I just don't think I've served enough time. And I'm saying to you, and I think this is what Jesus is saying. What are you, are you kidding? Like right. it's been paid for. Like we're out. Like the time has been served. But here's even the better part. Jesus doesn't expect us to serve any time. It's like Jesus came in the front door of the county jail and said, those two right there, I'm paying their debt. I'm canceling their, their conviction, and they're free to go today. And, you know, we know we don't deserve that. We knew we had committed the crime. But Jesus says, I'm going to take care of all that. So why is it that we continually turn around, walk back in our jail cell, and sit down on the concrete bed and say, I just need to serve a little bit longer? Well, Shannon, I want to encourage the listeners today to open your Bible to Galatians 5, because I'm going to share a couple more verses in there that I think are really good. And I think they serve as a great reminder to exactly the question that you just asked, Shannon. And I'm starting in verse 16. And this is really a perfect illustration of what I'm saying and the battle that goes on, the battle that rages in every Christian's uh, world. And it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But verse 18, but if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. There I'll say is. that again. There it is. <laughs> there it is, Shannon. It's where the rubber meets the road, right? If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. He said, I didn't come to do away with it, but I fulfilled it. So if our identity, if our Christianity, if you will, Shannon, is in Christ, then he overcame the law. He fulfilled it. 
We're not any longer under it. But what happens, the guilt and the shame that I talked about a few minutes ago, Shannon, it tries to come back. It mm-hmm. tries to come upon us because our flesh is warring in one translation against the spirit and the spirit, which is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is warring against the flesh. So he is trying to help us live as overcomers. Now, our mind is what is the stumbling block. Right. Right, Shannon? Our mind is what's saying, oh, no. And the devil's right there saying, oh, no. And the flesh is agreeing with the devil. Oh, no. Oh, no. But Jesus is saying, oh, yes. (laughs) Right? I fulfilled that law. So I think what we have to pose today, Mark, is the question, who are you listening to? I mean, is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it goes to say that if Jesus says the truth and the truth shall set you free, too, you are free indeed. And so a real tough question, I always pose these, kind of the T-bone going down sideways. And I want you to personally answer this question for yourself, not your husband, not your wife, not your kids, not your pastor. Are you believing what Jesus says about you? Are you believing that deep within your spirit? Although it's in war, it's in conflict, Jesus is saying, listen, If you are led by the Spirit, there's a big if. I just circled that in my Bible as you were reading that. If you are led by the Spirit, I just want to stop right there and say, are you being led by the Spirit? Right. Are you being led by the enemy? And I know as Christians, we're like, oh, no. I No, I did my Bible verses. I did my (laughs) devotions. I was at church for Sunday. I sang in the choir. Oh, no, I'm not not being led by the Spirit. Listen, Satan came to Jesus even. Doesn't it say? He went and he was led out into the wilderness to be tempted. Right. You, but Jesus spoke upon the word, and he everything that he rebuttaled to the enemy was, it is written, it is written, it is written. So I think two or three good checks are, who are you listening to? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Or are you being led by the enemy? And then are you in the word enough? Do you know sound biblical knowledge. And I'm not saying theologian style. I'm not saying a pastor like Mark. I'm saying, do you just, can you, can you pull up a verse when the enemy says you're this is something negative? You know, I, I, I love the one of, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. If I can't say anything, there's the, I am statements. There's 28 of them that we teach out at battle ready. And it's so powerful because you said it at the very beginning, Mark, our identity. And if you don't know who you are and whose you are in Christ, the enemy will trip you up every single time. And you have to know who you are. I think we've talked about this before about royalty and they don't walk in an air or pompous. They just know who they are. They know their heritage of their royalty. And so if you come from the family of a royal family, let's say like Prince Charles, he never questions who he is ever because he knows what family, what his pedigree is. Well, it says in the word that we have been bought at a price. We have been adopted into the family of God. So you may say, well, I wasn't raised in the church, Shannon. I've got a colorful, spirited past let's just say yeah it is ugly listen that becomes null and void because god says i've adopted you into my family so now you take on my name and you get everything that my son does you are heir to the throne would you live out in freedom in freedom you guys 
that identity because that is where the rubber meets the road with the enemy. And that's where you tell him when he comes against you, you just say, Hey buddy, look, look to the cross that was taken care of. And like you're talking Mark about guilt and shame. You may have the worst sin that you think nobody else has ever committed. Listen, if you have confessed your sin and repented of that and turned toward Christ, you can full heartedly say to the enemy, that was taken care of at the cross. I don't care if it's murder. I don't care if it's an adultery, whatever the sin is, because God does not classify one larger than the other. Right, Mark? There is no Amen. scale of one to 10 on sin. Sin is sin. And he calls it that. But it's there that you can point him to the cross. And he knows what happened on the cross. Oh, yes. And I love in Revelation where it says he is already a defeated foe. He is wounded. He is bleeding out and headed down. He knows where he's going. And so his last ditch effort is to poke at us, prod at us. Oh, do you remember that? You, God could not have forgiven you that. He will, he will create a perfect scenario or a perfect storm, even in a church setting. You know, the pastor maybe, maybe you've had an affair and the pastor's teaching a whole series on adultery and and uh, pornography or just affairs. And you're like, oh, see, I can't be forgiven for that because he's, he's speaking about it. No, that is condemnation. The yes. Holy Spirit will convict you. And if you've confessed that now, if you're still in an affair, even if that be emotional or by text or by Facebook or Snapchat, however, that's between you and God and you got to get that right. But if you have confessed that, you have let that go, you point the ugly devil to the cross and say, buddy, that was taken care of then. And then that's where you walk away from him. Doesn't it say resist the devil and he must flee? Yes. You're going to have to, you're going to have to resist him, but say that was taken care of. And I think the best sentence of all, and it has been in my life, Mark, and you can speak to this is that the blood of Jesus covers oh, yeah. that. And, and he, he can't even stand there. First of all, the blood of Jesus will turn him away and the name of Jesus. We know every demon in hell has to flee. Absolutely. So for those of you struggling with that guilt and condemnation, pointing to the cross and showing what was taken care of once and for all 2000 years ago. Yeah, Shannon, you know, you speak about the blood of Christ and uh, you're so right. And uh, some people I've heard this, honestly, uh, some people say, oh, I don't I don't really like to talk about blood. You know, it's kind of gross. But I'm like, but let me tell you, uh, the blood of Christ, uh, it cripples the enemy mm -hmm. because know this when Jesus crucified on the cross, the enemy thought he won. Right. Right. He thought he won. Jesus was dead. But then God brought him back to life. But I want to tell this story, Shannon, about the blood of Christ that will testify. And it did for me and it sealed it forever in my mind and in my heart about how powerful the blood is. And Shannon, we were out on the streets witnessing one time sharing the gospel. And uh, it was an open square in a city. And there was all kinds of things going on there. There were tarot card readers, there were witches and all kinds of, of things going on in the square. And uh, there was a witch standing on a, a, a box, literally. <laughs> and I'm not really sure what she was doing exactly, except she was making noises and she was dressed in a wedding dress and had all kinds of white on her everywhere. Wow. And we just stood there about 10, 12 feet away and we began to sing, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh boy. <laughs> and that's all we did. Shannon, literally, we just stood there. We didn't shout it out. We, we just sang it in, in just a normal voice. And we sang, Oh, the blood of Jesus. And she motioned for a police officer. 
to come over and, and she said, you have to make them leave. Oh, wow. And he said, why? What did they do? Well, she had a a little box or something on the ground taking up collections and offering or something. And he said, why? Did they they steal your money? And she said, no, no, no. Uh, But they just have to leave. Mm -hmm. He said, well, what are they doing? And she goes, well, they're singing. (laughs) Right, Shannon? And what were we singing? Oh, the blood of Jesus, Jesus. it washes white as snow. That's all we were doing. So my point in all that and sharing it, Shannon, I didn't plan on sharing this today, but it's so powerful. If you remind Satan about the blood of Christ, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you said in James. It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so when this condemnation and guilt comes at you, Submit yourself to God. Sing, oh, the blood of Jesus. I'm not saying you have to sing that exact song, Shannon. But what I'm saying is the blood will never lose its power. And that blood reminds the enemy that he has nothing over us. Nothing. And our liberty was purchased by that blood on that cross, just as you said, Shannon. And reminding him makes him flee. That is one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard. And I'm sure that was, you know, to hear it here is one thing, but to see it and to witness that is incredible. And I, I do think we should learn that song for the fact that that becomes then a weapon. It does. Um, that's part of this is knowing what tool is in your belt to use. And sometimes I'll just, even if I see someone being tormented, I work with a lot of people with mental health and kids or families. I just plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my grandbabies. Like I will hold them and just start at the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, their little tiny feet. And I just plead the blood of Jesus and and begin to speak. Let their eyes not see any evil. Their their ears hear no evil or their mouths speak ill. And I begin literally as I would envision blood running down the head of Jesus begin to pour and cover over them and that their shoulders would be strong and that their arms would be able to carry and their hands would never bring harm. And I literally do that picture over, I've done it for all my grandbabies, um, to just plead the blood of Jesus. One, first and foremost, the power in that alone. Oh, yeah. That they would be um, set a life course to live out godly lives, but also for the protection these children have had the blood of Jesus spoken over them and from from the very get-go and that every single part of them will be covered in that. But it's also for them to set them on a course for this freedom. Do you know, we, we so many times people are like, well, I don't know why my kids act this way or I don't know why this has happened. You got to go back and this isn't for guilt and shame, but you got to go back and look where the enemy had an end. You know, yes. where, where was that crack? And are we doing things to counter? You know, I think so many times we're reactive. Well, I think it's even more beneficial to be proactive. It's like with the storm warning. We've had a lot of storms recently in our area and tornado sirens have been going off. Listen, I don't want to hear the siren of the fire trucks and ambulances after the, to- the tornado has ripped through our town, no, right? For sure. You want to hear the siren of the, the warning bells saying a tornado is coming. A tornado is coming. Get prepared. Get in your basement. Listen, the enemy is coming and he is here in full force. That is not to scare anybody, but that's simply to say, 
we will prepare for his onslaught. We will prepare for the warfare, but we also have the word of God that will annihilate him. But if you can't bring a word to, you know, a verse to mind, there is simply one word that will just make every demon in hell flee. And again, that is the name of Jesus. They cannot stand. And it's just like what you did. Mark talked about with the witch and, and singing the blood of Jesus. They cannot be present. So do know those songs. Do find those scriptures Amen. because that is going to be your freedom when the enemy comes knocking. You know, Shannon, and I, I wanted to share today out of 2 Corinthians 3, and this is talking about the Spirit of the Lord and, and, and Him bringing freedom. And I want to talk about something. Just take a, a second here to read this couple verses and then and then share about it. Shannon, this is 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 17, for the Lord is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God and, and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So what you want to do, and I'm going to, I'm going to teach on this for just a second, Shannon, what you want to do is you want to make a, what I want to call a habitation mm -hmm. for That's the good. Lord. So listen, here's what I want to say to everybody listening. This just came to my mind and, uh, I didn't premeditate this, but, um, if your mouth is full of cursing and swearing and cutting people down and all that, let me tell you that the Lord doesn't want to make a habitation there. Oh, that's good. Uh, and I say this a lot, you know, because uh, God sends angels to us to minister to us and for us. You know, God sent the angels to minister to Jesus. Right. And he mm -hmm. sends angels to minister to us. But let me tell you, when we're running amok, when our mouth is running, the angels are like, Ugh. so uh, here's what I want to finish off with, right? Verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil removed and can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. That's all of us who have invited Christ into our hearts. And it says, and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And here's how that works together, Shannon. All of this works together by saying, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And where the Lord is welcomed, he shows up and he brings that freedom so that when we come together, he changes us more and more to be like him because we're in his presence. And the Bible says, Shannon, in his presence, is the fullness of joy. And so if you want that joy, you know what? You have to make a habitation. You have to make a welcoming place in your life, in your heart, coming out of your mouth. Make that place a habitation for the Lord to dwell. Because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of of his people. Shannon, it ties right into what you were saying. Learn that song, learn mm -hmm. some song, yeah. right? That God will come and enthrone himself on, and then we will be changed from Amen. glory to glory. Wow. That is a great way to end the show today, Mark. And I just want to say that, uh, that, that is so powerful, the habitation and, and ask yourself, what kind of habitation for you have you made for the Lord to come to? Um, I know many people are like, well, God doesn't want to be a part of my life. No, here's, here, here's the truth. And I'm going to finish with this is Jesus is a gentleman and he does not come where he's not invited. 
And so we have to know when we invite him in, when we make that place, I love what you're saying about the mouth, when it's an inviting space, you and I both have been places where we've not been wanted. And then we've been to places where we're very welcome and hands down, you'll go to the place that you're most welcome. Right. You're, you're right. You are so right on with that. So just be encouraged by this today, friends, that you can walk in freedom every day in the midst of chaos. This is not where it's just rainbows and unicorns and things are all happy. This is right in the midst in, in that habitation of where Christ lives. If he be for us, who could ever be against us? And that is where the enemy tries to trip you up and think that and he'll isolate you and he'll think everybody is against you. No, no, no. Listen, God is for us and he wants you and he's standing at your cell door. The door is wide open and he's extending a hand to, the, to you today and saying, come walk in freedom with me. Well, we hope you all have a happy 4th of July, safe and uh, full of celebration with your loved ones. But remember, this country came at a very, very, very high cost. And there's a lot of bloodshed from our men and women, soldiers who have um, suffered loss and their families to give us a country of freedom. But ultimately, also do not ever forget the blood that was shed on Calvary for you and I to live forever eternal in freedom with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.